What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brendan Valentine, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow geeks this week. We'll introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. Drum roll, please. This week's question is, do you collect anything? And if so, what? Um, I can start with my answer. Uh, recent, like, this isn't like as much of a collection, but um, I like have found myself getting all of the expansions of the game Settlers of Catan to like mm-hmm. find variations on how to play it as well as the extensions to play with six players. I have technically completed that collection, but there are other ways to play Catan, um, such as Catan Spacefarers that turns the board into outer space, um, Game of Thrones Catan, um, Catan the card game, things like that. So like those are also things that I'm on the, that are on my hunt. Um, but in more like generally, I really like to collect like fun, like board games. Like um, I, there's a lot of things that I really like to um you know, kind of like, uh, I know I mentioned last podcast, I'm pretty sure I did the game of puns of anarchy, um, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Charty party is another one that kept showing up in my Facebook ads, but like all these like fun party games. Um, I was very proud of one of my friends once called me the the king of party games. Um, so, but I also like, like to collect video games, but like series and trilogies and all of the main series in like physical format, not digitally purchased. Like I have my whole collection of mm-hmm. all the main series Pokemon games in my, like a little box. Um, even though I haven't played them since Origins, um, I have all the discs of Assassin's Creed and eventually I'm going to get to all of them. I'm currently still on Revelations from my most recent playthrough, but school makes it difficult to, you know, grind those games out to get them to 100%, so I feel comfortable moving on to the next one. Um, But yeah, stuff like that. I'm really into, like, sets of games. Isaac, you want to go next? I I can go next. All right. Hello, everyone. I am Isaac Hunter. Um, What do I collect besides crippling student debt? Um, (laughs) I... I'm a large fan of, of a little, I think it's Dutch company called Legos. Um, I love myself some Legos. I've been, well, as I, as I hold up a, a scavenge AT-AT from the Mandalorian Lego, um, I, I don't know, I've loved Legos ever since I was a kid. Like my siblings had Legos and then it was hand me down to me. And I just love that they all fit together. Like, not to knock down mega blocks, but I was never a fan of mega blocks. Uh, but to those mega blocks fans out there, but I think Legos are sick. Like whether it be just like building something from a cool, like, you know, uh, movie you like, like star Wars or Lord of the Rings, uh, or Harry Potter, or just like breaking those apart and making your own spaceship. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Legos was kind of a gateway drug into like me playing Minecraft because it was like, oh, it's like Lego, so I can play it. 
Um, so yeah. So quick question for you, Isaac, are you a keep everything in their own box? Like, um, so you have your all, like they maintain like the separate Lego set status or do you retire them and throw them in the big Lego bin? Okay. Well, um, when, before I moved here, I, I did have like pretty much here, like here, like earth Sorry, here or like before I moved to Mount Pleasant, Michigan to go to college. Um, I had, I kind of had like some like shelves with like a bunch of like the Legos on them. Uh, like, and I kept everyone in like its original piece only because when I was younger, I had like a really cool, like Lego, it was a dwarven mine. Uh, Lego dwarves were the coolest. Um, and I remember like I built it and then like I got rid of the instructions, blah, blah, blah. I was little, and then like my brother stepped on it and I was like never able to rebuild it ever again. Um, and so since then I did, I did for a while keep every single thing I liked, like pretty much like in the set, as the set it came, I threw away the boxes, but I always kept all the instructions just in case. Um, but when I moved here, it was like, well, got to throw nearly all of them into one. I have, I had three boxes of Legos. <laughs> Um, I mean, not like I had a, like a tub and then I had two smaller, uh, just like cardboard boxes, but yeah, I, I ended up throwing like nearly everything into the big tub and I have, I had like just like plastic bags as well as like certain Legos. Um, but then in the smaller boxes, it was like, like I have a Lego B wing and I like gently placed it in there and I gently placed in like my snow speeder and then like my, uh, Rivendell fellowship of the ring set. And I was like, you're going to be safe in here. And so those are safely in my closet or on my bookshelf. My niece and brother-in-law have you beat for how many Legos? I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> like between getting my brother-in-law all of different Lego sets like Harry Potter and Star Wars, my niece is also really into Legos. And so usually for her birthday, she gets a new set. Mm, it's perfect. I did just buy two sets though uh, with my stimulus. I didn't like pay, I, it was under $90, the two sets, don't worry. Uh, but I did see another gentleman in there who was probably in his 50s or 60s. And he came in and he's like, any good Legos today? And I was like, oh uh, yeah. And like, he like grabbed like the $100 like Lego pirate ship. And he's like, can't wait to build this. And he like walked away. And I was like, that man is going to be me in the future. <laughs> All right. Take it away, Hope. All right. Hi, everyone. I am Hope Goodearl. Um, Things that I collect. Um, so when I was younger and this was the big craze, I collected Webkins. Um, like literally my mom and I, and I think one of my friends and her mom, we took an entire day and drove around to different stores and bought like one of each kind of Webkins we could find and then like sold them to our friends. We didn't make a profit. It was like, oh yeah, we paid 15 bucks for it. Just pay us 15 bucks back. Like it's fine. Um, and I still have uh, most, if not all of the dogs that I had gotten from Webkins uh, in a Rubbermaid tub. Um, I sold the other ones at a garage sale because mm. I didn't have space for them. Um, let's see. Another thing I collect is just books in general. Like you take me into a bookstore, I'm likely leaving with like 10 different books and they just like go on a shelf and they're on my to be read list. But, you know, things keep adding up. Um, another thing is 
Harry Potter for sure. Like anytime that there's anything Harry Potter, like I'll point it out. Um, like this past Christmas, my mom and I had gone into Kohl's and we went past a display that had like advent calendars <laughs> and one was like Lego friends. And so we got it for my niece and the other one was Harry Potter. And so I got the Lego Harry Potter. You got advent the Lego set. advent one with like yep. the Yule ball. Yep. Yeah. All right. I didn't get it because it was like $10 more than the Lego city advent calendar. And I was like, I'm getting the Lego city one, $10 cheaper. Sorry. I mean, I needed Harry Potter. Unlike when I found out my brother-in-law was getting Hagrid's hut uh, for Christmas, I was very jealous, especially because I went with my mother <laughs> and sister to go pick it up. Um, but yeah, so also a bunch of Stitch stuff. Like I have shirts that are Lilo and Stitch, mainly Stitch. Uh, I have a couple... Uh, stuffed animals that are stitch and yeah so i collect Fun. a lot of things rocks are also a big thing oh like, yeah you take me to a beach or like <laughs> out uh walking on a trail like i will look down and if i see a pretty rock it's getting picked up i have been on lake superior so many times and i have lots of little white rocks mm -hmm. because it, you know it, just it, it, they look do you have that machine to like smooth. clean them to like see what color they actually are yeah, I think I do. I just don't know how to use it or where it is. Um, I've got it. I have a CMU yeah. fanny pack that's full of rocks from the UP. <laughs> and I never, like, took them out, so it's just in my closet. I, I think they're in a box in my garage right now with, like, my other craft stuff of, like, terracotta pots. Because I also have, like, a shelf of just terracotta pots. Because I've seen lots of crafts, like, making... Mm -hmm figures out of terracotta pots and like roping them together and stuff and i'm like i want to do this or like uh making mushroom what looks like mushroom so garden ornaments where you take the bottom of the terracotta pot and then you put like the plate on top so yeah mm -hmm. so cool. if you um, do craft supplies that's a collection nice <laughs> now uh we will actually get back to collection stuff in a moment um, but thank you very much to our hosts for uh, getting us started. Uh, but before we, like, before anything else, before we even share our geek news, I have something very pressing uh, to discuss with the two of you. Um, so do either of you know who Brian David Gilbert is? Yes. Yes, I'm so glad you know who he is, Isaac, because I was introduced to him today, did not know who he was. <laughs> I watched his video on... Um, you know, uh, showing the military structure of Bowser's army. Yeah. Which is hilarious. It's but so I was good. Like, the the video is like 15 minutes long. And I was like, um, why does he seem so familiar? It's because he sounds just like you, Isaac. You okay. He reminds me of you so much. Yeah. And I thought it was so funny. Do you know I why? With him. Do you know why I know who he is? Is because my friend and his family, like even my friend's parents were like, we found your doppelganger on YouTube. Which so he has weird. He has glorious hair. I'm not gonna. I don't compare. Um, actually, I think he cut it. But yeah, no. Uh, and they they always said, it, and I was like, I don't see it. And then like I listened to him, and he's like, I'm gonna read every like book in Skyrim, so you don't have to. And I'm like, okay. Not only does <laughs> does he sound like, like me, he sounds like something I would do too. The way he talks, <laughs> I'm like, this so much reminds me of Isaac, and it oh. was so it's so funny. So if you haven't, just you can look him up. I believe also like um. He's he's the one that says like, um, 
like so either sonic is a god or he could kill god and like that's him yeah i I never knew like where that like where that came from and i heard it i was like okay yeah this is definitely isaac i I appreciate it i appreciate that brendan so to me that was just pressing news that that was part of my geek news is that isaac and um brian david gilbert are like the same and i just found that out i thought it was really funny um also kind of recommendation two things so like i said he is exactly three years older than me. Like his birthday is the same exact. But also on Google, it's like people also search for John Mulaney. So if you like John Mulaney, I guess you should go look up. They have Brian. kind of a similar like sense of like s- sarcastic, sassy humor that like ju- like they're just like evading like the very poignant thing to say, and they're just kind of going like, yeah, this is how it is. Um, what was the quote from today? Or it's like. Um, I want to talk about dry bones and dry Bowser. Um, when I die, does that mean I'm dry, Brian? <laughs> does that mean, you know, the Bowser at the end of the game is wet Bowser? Uh, and then why does Piranha Plant have bones? <laughs> it was just, it's, it was really funny. It's like, he's like the gamer John Mulaney. The, like, John Mulaney's nerdy, but this is like geek John Mulaney, uh, if you really want to get into it. But, all right, getting into our geek news of the day. Does anyone in particular want to start? Do me last like all the time. Like always. Um okay, actually, no, I can, I can actually, start. No, let's let's oh. have Hope go first so we have the pressure that like we still need our time. Oh. Dude. Oh, okay. smart. Okay, go ahead, Hope. Take it away. All right, Hope, rapid fire news. <laughs> all right, so Creed 3 will be released Thanksgiving weekend of next year, 2022, and it'll be Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Um there's going to be a thriller movie directed by Elizabeth Banks about a cocaine bear. Um, which is inspired by a true story of a black bear who consumed 70 pounds of cocaine and was dropped from a plane by a drug smuggler. Ah, uh, yes, uh, my autobiography. <laughs> um, they, uh, let's see here, In the Heights, which was supposed to be released last year, but got pushed because, yay, pandemic, um, is now being released on June 18th in theaters and HBO Max. So here is my plug, HBO Max. Sponsor us, please, because, like, we'll review stuff for you. Free, kind of, sort of free, like, advertising, just a bunch of college students. Um, going to Disney, there are rumors that Disney is in talks with people to produce adventures of the time between the Jedi Return or the Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens as Disney Plus shows. And so they're looking to recast Luke Skywalker. And for all of us that are like Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan. Luke Skywalker, he is in the running to be young Luke Skywalker in these shows. All right. Wait, also, this, this is the same time period as Mandalorian, correct? If it's between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, then yes. Okay, so we cur- so what are they saying specifically about like it's just stuff they're they're trying to fill in that time period is it a movie yeah. tv show disney like it's supposed to be like disney shows like adventures of different characters in the decades between those two movies okay so like an anthology series similar yeah. maybe similar to clone wars but live action for yeah. that era yeah okay, they haven't been like sense. super specific about what it's gonna be it's just like they're in talks and sebastian stands in the running and um got it because, like, Mandalorian takes place, Star Wars Resistance takes place that time. Um, 
Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, I think, also take place at that time or should be taking place at that time. So, like, that's an era that they're definitely going at. I wish they'd do live action High Republic, but okay. Maybe this will be part of it. Or, you know, they'll get there. It's High Disney. Republic is they before episode one. So, ah, uh, it's Disney. They have to cut, do keep it. coming up with stuff. So, you know, eventually. Um, speaking of Disney, Avatar. The Blue People, not Airbenders or anything, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. has reclaimed its title of highest grossing film of all time over Avengers, Avengers Endgame. Said, um, we release it in the US. I'll do, I'll, I'll get it back on my own. I swear. <laughs> Avatar, I, again, I hate doing slander on this podcast. Avatar does not deserve the number one spot. It is not culturally significant globally. Apparently, Ava- in like, China, it is, though. Because that's, that's where I, it was re-released, and it has grossed $2.8 billion and counting. Like, it, for the time, I agree it should have had it for a while. Because with, with the advent of CGI, that was, like, the film. Yeah. But for what film is now, I feel like Avengers Endgame deserves that spot more because we're getting into, like, connected universe cinematography. And I feel like it's culturally very relevant worldwide as well. That's so, sorry, that's my, like, little thing. <laughs> Um, Secret Invasion has cast its Disney Plus main villain. Uh, so the sh- the show or movie, whichever it's going to be, um, sure. Kingsley Ben Adir is going to is cast as the main villain of the show, which leaves him. I think it was Samuel L. Jackson and one other person, and those are like the only three confirmed. Like, there's only three confirmed cast members of Secret Invasion right now. Um, so they're still keeping that very hush-hush. Um, Captain America is having the 80th anniversary of the original release of the comic. Ooh. And in honor of that, there is going to be a new um, special edition comic series, um, which is going to be called The United States of Captain America. So um, Captain's shield is stolen and so he teams up with Sam Wilson, Bucky Barnes, and John Walker, all of who have held the mantle of Captain America before, on a cross-country adventure to try and get the shield back. And in that, they meet a bunch of Captain Americas that were like inspired by Steve Rogers and everyone um, in different like areas of the country. Um, and so they meet Captain America of the Railways, Aaron Fisher, and he is gay. So we are getting a new gay Captain America. And um, he's supposed to be like really for like diversity and everything. Like um, I can't remember what the quote was. But like he's supposed to be essentially Captain America. and But he's just he's gay. And so I think that's really cool that they're doing that. Um, because from my understanding, they're doing their best not to make it like, oh, token, token gay person in our Captain yeah. America story. Uh, from the diversity standpoint they're like we feel like we don't have someone who is both like because captain america is like the patriotic um uh what's it called um like the patriotic symbolism of like i love my country um as well as like the lgbtq plus status um Mm -hmm. so i feel i think that's where they were going at it with like that demographic like yeah Okay, we have Captain. This is Captain America. Then this is like a demographic he's lacking, given like the 
sociopolitical climate of the US, generally people that are pro-government tend to be anti-LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's necessary for us to put into the comics just so they can, it, like everything can be properly represented and we can put our voice into into that area. Yeah, well, and it's like with the um, documentary Behind the Mask that they, you know, like when they were asked about um, why they put in black people and it's like, you look around, there's black people everywhere, you know, it's part of our society. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, and so I'm actually excited about a comic series that's coming out. Um, but uh, so next news, um, let's see. Venom 2, it got its release date pushed back again. Instead of June 25th, it'll now be September 17th. What? Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, it also pushed out a Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson movie. So that movie is now up in the air as to when it's going to be released. Uh, Loki is going to be released on Disney Plus on June 11th. My birthday. <laughs> Happy early birthday now, because I don't know if we'll have a podcast then. Um, <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier currently stands with a 96% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like super high. It was at 98% at one point. Um, so going to Netflix shows. So I mentioned this, I think last week, that there's going to be a new show called The Irregulars, like a Sherlock Holmes story coming to Netflix on the 26th. Um, it hasn't been officially stated by Netflix, but there are a lot of sources that are saying The Irregulars is already renewed for a season two, even though season one hasn't come out yet, which makes some people who are fans of other shows that are currently on Netflix a little upset because they haven't announced season two for current shows. Um, but they're saying that, oh, hey, it's already renewed, even though it hasn't aired yet. Um, Netflix has a trend of doing that, saying like, oh, yeah, there's going to be season two before they actually get confirmation. Yeah. So like they put in the bid for it and then they, they never follow through. I'm hoping just because like one of my favorite celebrities is in it. Um, so I'm hoping. Uh, I was talking with Isaac about this earlier, but he and Brendan are likely going to be way more excited about this than I am. Um, but Lord of the Rings is getting a TV series on Amazon Prime. There's not much else that I saw about it other than like there's already been one actor who left because apparently Amazon Prime was like, no, we're going to go in a different direction with your character. So I don't know if they like kill them off or what exactly happened there. Um, but yeah, uh, if you liked the show, Everybody Hates Chris, CBS is going to be creating an animated series and it's still going to be narrated by Chris Rock, like the original series. Supergirl is having its sixth and final season premiere on March 30th. So if you're a fan of any of those CW shows, Supergirl is coming out. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is there are rumors at Disney that they want to make another Pirates movie, but they kind of like fell out with Johnny Depp. Um, and so there was a petition started on change.org um, to get Johnny Depp back as Captain Jack Sparrow. And it has surpassed the 500,000 signatures that like it was originally set at and is working towards a million signatures. Um, also, I believe that Jerry Bruckheimer has stated that if he was to do another Pirates movie, that he was bringing Johnny Depp back. So if that's happening, Johnny Depp, please 
you can't have pirates without Captain Jack Sparrow. Like mm-hmm. it would not be the same. Um, and this is a Michigan um, and also Asian American happiness moment, especially with what happened um, down in Atlanta. Um, so Stephen Yoon is the first Asian American to be nominated in the Best Actor Oscar category in his role of Minari. He is a Troy, Michigan native, and he um, actually like didn't take anything to do with theater in high school until he went to uh, Kalamazoo College, which is where he fell in love with improv. So mm. Michigan people go woohoo, and like also for Asian community too, like first Asian American, yay! Um, so yeah. That is all of my geek news. Now it is right. up to you two to see if I left anything out. Also, if you love Stephen Ewan in uh, The Walking Dead, you can also catch him in Voltron on Netflix, and it's fantastic. All right. Um, oh, I guess I'm talking. I'll go next. Um, all right. For my geek news, uh, they're uh, from Wizards of the Coast, uh, a new Dungeons & Dragons-themed brawler called Dark Alliance will be launching June 22nd. Uh, This action RPG will follow four well-known heroes in the Forgotten Realms universe, uh, where you and three of your friends can battle monsters and wreak havoc together. Um, In the article I read, it was compared to Gears of War. Uh, The four characters are going to be the well-known Drizzt Doerden, Caddy Bree, Wolfgar the Barbarian, and the dwarf Bruinor Battlehammer. it is going to take place in Icewind Dale. And so for those watching, I do have my Icewind Dale trilogy by R.A. Salvador, who invented Drizzt Jordan. Um, and so that's kind of exciting just because, uh, especially like back in like the 80s, this was what really helped build the foundations of the Forgotten Realms and like a lot of things about this. Um, so that's really exciting. Unfortunately, unlike real D&D, at launch, there isn't going to be a local co-op option. Would you think that people that play D&D normally around a table would also want to play a video game around a couch. Uh, but they might add on this local co-op later. But yeah, there's a few uh, trailers you can watch for it, and it just looks pretty awesome. Just giant battles running around. Uh, a lot of teamwork, like characters like jumping off of each other, and like, I don't know, and it's all in the gameplay, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Alrighty, rounding off uh, Geek News um, for another CW announcement. Um, if you haven't been catching or like keeping up with Black Lightning, then this might be a spoiler, so heads up. But uh, China Ann McLean has officially been recast as the character Lightning and will no longer be a part of the show Black Lightning. This was like, she kind of like hinted at it uh, last November that um, she'd be exiting season four early, but we saw how the show did it um, a few weeks ago. Um, so that is, that is official recast in the show. Um, there's some news going on on Disney Plus, um, specifically with the Disney executive stating that Black Widow may be premiere access and not just exclusively in theaters um, upon release. So, like, it'd be similar to what they did with Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, they want to do it, you know, fully in theaters, but they're like, if we'll we'll play it by ear, you know, we want to make sure everyone's comfortable to go see it. If if they want to, you know, premiere access. Um, then we might have that option, but it's kind of, it seems like it might be a, a last minute decision. Like we might not know until like last week, of April, first week of May. Um, don't know if I'm excited for that. Cause I don't like the precedent being set of like, yeah, here's, tw- you know, pay $20 to get access to it. 
like I'm buying it, it on 30. the DVD. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's. I thought it was twenty nine ninety nine. It might be, um, but anyway, I mean, like that's fine. But I'm already paying for the streaming service. Like that seems excessively steep. Um, so we'll see. Um, by that point, I should be fully fully vaccinated, so I I might feel comfortable going to a movie theater. Um, so we'll see. But just putting that out there for people that are anticipating Black Widow. Um, and finally, as of today, the Snyder Cut has officially been released. Um, so HBO Max, please uh, sponsor us so I can get my subscription taken care of so I can watch the show. Um, but uh, the critical acclaim for it has been similar to most DCEU movies. Uh, we way overhype it beforehand. The trailers look awesome. And then um, it's a little underwhelming based on what, the way it was presented. Um, DC seems to be exceptional at creating trailers, um, but not so great at making movies. Um, like, critically, critics don't love it. Um, it's, it's, you know, 60, 70% in Rotten Tomatoes about now, but it seems like, uh, the fans have had better reactions. So I'm not saying anything definitive about it, but just putting it out there, it's been released and, uh, reviews are out. Um, and the reviews generally say, you know, good. If you're a Zack Snyder fan, fine. If you're a DC person, so Alrighty, now moving on to our uh, main topic of the episode. We kind of already like really started this conversation at the beginning. Um, but over the past like few weeks, like um, we really, we like here at Raving Geeks noticed that uh, we all, you know, have collections. Collecting is definitely a part of geek culture. We all have like these things we're really passionate about and really like niche things that we like dig ourselves into and kind of lose ourselves in. Um, but during the pandemic, it's like really difficult to maintain those collections because, you know, you can't go into these little like, stores as easily that sell your favorite things like things are sold out online. It's hard to find. And, you know, um, like pr- it's just hard to find things because like production's down for some places. Um, uh, however, I think it's really funny how we all like found this out is that um, we all have these little things called squishmallows if you are watching i'm holding mine up right now his name is henry he is a turtle um isaac has his what's his name this is zoby he is a a, like a light blue green uh octopus um and he's so cute (laughs) yeah these things are adorable like if you if you don't know what we're talking about go look them up squishmallows but also like I was hoping to buy one for my girlfriend for her birthday. Um, and she really likes a uh, platypi and there is a platypus squishmallow, but it's only sold in Australia. But I was like, I'll pay international shipping. Um, no, I couldn't. They are sold out everywhere. I joined multiple Facebook groups um, to find out like, Oh, you know, are people like selling these? I joined like a, um, it's not Poshmark, but it looks similar to Poshmark. Like one of those like independent seller apps. Um, so they're selling on there for like 400 500 retail price is like 20 um and then like being in these facebook groups like this is a cult like mm-hmm. people take this stuff really seriously and we, i mentioned this at, uh, before one of our podcast meetings and uh we all were like oh yeah squishmallows so we for the longest time we were calling this the squishmallow episode um but really we're just uh generally talking about collections and collecting and collecting and during a pandemic when we don't have ease of access to stuff. Um, so like first thing we're going to start off, um, we already mentioned like what we collect, um, but like what are like notable collections for you guys? We can start off with like the Squishmallow stuff if you really want. I mean like um, my sister 
elects Madame Alexander dolls. Um, and like generally we try and keep like a theme. Um, so it's not just anything and everything, but also like my family would go to like estate sales and garage sales and resale stores. Um, pandemic has severely limited, especially like garage sales and estate sales because you don't want to go into someone's home or their garage and you don't know if they've had, you know, um, but it was like definitely Madame Alexander's were like the start or a start, a big start, especially back in the day because they were like really pretty dolls and like very specific. Um, and they are expensive. Like you look them up, they are expensive. Um, like even at a resale store, it's still like for a small one, it's like like 12 inches or something like that is like 20 bucks or something like that it's just like that's reselling it and sometimes they don't have like all of the pieces too um so yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys know about madame alexander dolls i'm not familiar actually um there was actually at one point uh mcdonald's when they were still doing i don't know if they still do because i haven't gotten a happy meal in a while um but they did the boy toy and the girl toy um, with the Happy Meals and everything. And they had like Wizard of Oz themed um, Madame Alexander like dolls. And we would go to um, multiple different McDonald's just to try and find like specific ones for my sister because she is huge into Wizard of Oz. like. My dad has gone to used bookstores and gotten like original copies of Wizard of Oz stories, um, which that can also get really expensive. Um, so there's like 24 books in yeah. the Wizard of Oz series. Well, and then there's also like ones that were written after Frank Baum, but like we're still like registered as part of the story. Um, and like there was like a series or something like that. And my dad, like, has a list of, like, what he's gotten her or, like, what he still needs to find for stuff. Um, so when he's out looking. But, yeah. So that, that was definitely a big thing. And I think maybe the next thing would be Beanie Babies. Beanie mm -hmm. Babies were huge at one point. Because, like, you could still go to garage sales and estate sales and find Beanie Baby bears in the little plastic clear boxes and it's like it's a toy why is it in a box i remember uh, belongs my, in a museum uh, <laughs> <laughs> i remember in high school my uh one of my teachers would tell a story about how they went to um when they were like happy meal toys they were looking for a very specific one and like they like met someone in like a back alley like the sketchiest thing ever like um if any of you are familiar with like the um roads and stuff near in metro detroit but like around yep. like um, behind the mcdonald's at like 10 mile well but like like oh like right by my house it's fine yeah. well <laughs> there's but i don't remember like where like in terms of east west but like the close for those of you like even people that aren't super familiar with like detroit like eight mile is usually like is that boundary between detroit and not detroit mm -hmm. um and that's usually where a lot of people associate like the sketchy area in general mm -hmm. it's not always true like my my sister lives like at like nine mile um 
so it's like and that's like fine it just it some sometimes some it's a city but like people get intense like for even for like at the time like for beanie babies but even now like there's Mm -hmm. there's cultural phenomenon in collecting um but isaac what about what are like notable collections for you um okay well uh in my garage my garage uh like every like my entire life um because we have this like it's like kind of like it looks more like a pole barn like a really old pole barn and like you can crawl up to the top and it's like only walk on this like these like five two by fours across because if you walk on like any else you'll fall off sorry that's unimportant Rafters. um yeah and um but like my dad has like a ton of boxes up there and it's like chock full of like unopened uh like action figures um unfortunately they're not like the really expensive action figures it's more like oh maybe a collector might like this but he's got like a large amount of like star wars action figures in like their like plastic and everything as well as like a lot of superhero stuff like he's got like spawn um that's i think i think he might even have some like gi joe stuff and it's like as a kid it's like he would always like like we could like see it but then um they're pretty much just in storage and it's like we just wouldn't like we knew not to open it and so like that just kind of like adds to like the point of like yeah people love to like collect action figures mm-hmm. and that's like something you always see especially on like like biggest like famous expensive things are like mm-hmm. this is like a really old action figure and it's like in a box and it's selling for like hundreds of thousands of dollars um and it makes me think of like the uh the pop vinyl things yeah. Where, like I have pop vinyl and like I took them out of the box and I put them up because I think they're adorable. But like I realized after I like first got my like first one, which I think was BMO, um, is that like no one actually takes them out of the box. <laughs> like you'll see like YouTubers or you see stuff and they just have like a wall of like pop vinyls, but they're all inside the box because they're all mint condition. And that was something that I always thought was pretty interesting. So I had two comments. One um, how do you know the action figures are still a thing is the fact that they are referenced in so many TV shows and movies because they're like, oh, yeah, he's playing with his dolls. They're not dolls. They're action figures. Like, mm-hmm. so you could still you still know the action figures are relevant, relevant mm-hmm. in um, today's society. But two, there is a TikToker um, who I think he also has a YouTube account, uh, Jennings Bauer, and he has like a wall of tiktok or tiktok of funko pops in like in their boxes but then he's also got like shelves that are just lined with them out of their boxes <laughs> so i think it depends Ooh. on the collector because like some of mm-hmm. them are probably like yeah i want to put the box up because like i've seen like a poster of like where you put like it matches so if you have like the box like you're supposed to stack it to that spot or whatever and so like i think depending on if like you have space to display that poster because it's like a full wall poster um and then also like if you're planning on being like one of those collectors that's like no this is you know rainy day fund or if you're just one of those collectors like look at this cool thing um i think that depends on how you display everything too yeah and i could take this time to flex my museum studies uh I guess degree progression and just talk about how I'm in a collections class and uh, how 
you know, one of the original actual like museums just came about because people were collecting stuff mm -hmm. like the cabinets of curiosities or uh, wonder rooms or cabinets of wonders, also known as uh, Wunderkammers. Um, <laughs> those are just fun little things that people like would collect, you know, like taxidermy animals, all this like fun stuff, shells and everything. And it got to the point where like wealthy people were collecting them. And then all of a sudden, hey, why don't we just put all this wealthy stuff into one building so people can see it? Yeah. The museums. All right. What about you, Brendan? Ooh, um, yeah. Also, that's really cool. The museum study perspective on that, like the historical. I didn't know that. Um, but also, you mentioning Spawn, I just had to look it up because I know the Spawn reboot movie was supposed to be like entering production in 2020, and uh, we still don't have a release date. I just had to Google that real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, like I've always like been aware of like po like Pokemon cards or like baseball cards, sports cards, like the trading stuff. I I was the, gonna the... mention Pokemon, but I said I won't because Brendan might. <laughs> Brendan will probably mention. Yeah, uh, one of you will. Let's be honest. Absolutely, um, but then yeah, like in generally, I as a kid really liked stuff that you could like interact with other people when you collected. Like I was big into like tr like Pokemon cards you can trade. Um, what else is there? Like like there's stuff like rocks you can't really like trade but like stuff you can compare with other people that's not like this delicate stuff that you keep, keep in boxes some people definitely keep their pokemon cards like like in the refrigerator in like the the plastic mm -hmm. like stuff but um you know I, I as a kid i like the that collection stuff but um i thought it was like pokemon cards also popped in my head because like speaking of uh mcdonald's hope they started uh they were selling pokemon or not selling but like pokemon cards mm -hmm. with a toy with the happy meal and like collectors are coming through just like hey i want six packs of pokemon cards and they nationally said like you can get five and you have to buy food uh to get them well they um, had what was it the pikachu box for a while mm -hmm. like oh. with the happy meal box i went oh, and of got course one. you have it oh yeah so but like this is a little pack it came in Aww. it came with stickers that are all over my water bottle now if you can see them um so yeah and then like here's the pokemon cards that came with i got a i got a shiny froki um and then uh pikachu, pikachu. uh chikorita hey. and torchic so like it, it was very fun my girlfriend and i went through the uh the McDonald's drive through and we like we went through the first time and i was like oh it'd be fun to get pokemon cards and she's like let's go through again and get a happy meal. I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, wholesome. So, so like, even though I'm not actively collecting Pokemon cards at this point, I'm like, oh, it's still fun to get them. Like being involved in, in collecting is so much more than just like acquiring and having like all of the stuff. It's like the process of like, I like this thing and I like I enjoy the process of getting it, but I also enjoy the process of having it. Um, but again, there's that, that competitive aspect, like I need it before other people in my collection is yeah. the best and everything like that. So it's definitely a multifaceted thing. I, I remember as a kid, I used to have one of those little like golden medallions that they would like sell at McDonald's and Happy Meals of like Pokemon. There was like a Charizard one and a Pikachu one. Um, and I remember that they actually ended up, I think, getting worth money. But like, obviously mine was like tarnished and rusted because it's like, it was just thrown in the toy box. Um, yeah, when it also brings up Pokemon collections, besides the fact that it's the point of the game. Um, actually, the point of the game is to have fun and don't let anyone tell you wrong. No, the point of the game is um, animal abuse. And animal abuse and then animal breeding so that you get the perfect thing and also shiny catching. But yes, um, um, indus industrializing Pokemon catching. Exactly. Make the point it, of Pokemon is actually just very dark. <laughs> add, add math to it. Everyone loves that. But um, no, like even like, like, you know, like people do hold Pokemon Go 
or like their collections in a high mm -hmm. regard. Like people be like, um, look at these things I've caught, you know, and it, it's now everyone's are kind of like having their own little personal collections. And I think it's kind of cool. I saw a TikTok the other day of someone's living decks in Pokemon home. And they like, not only did they have every Pokemon and then like every variation of Pokemon, like, like, you know, like there's like, sometimes there's male and female forms like with Pyroar or uh Florgis that has all the different colors. Um, but they also had every Pokemon as shiny and had multiple of every legendary and every starter as shiny. And I was like, like you get a, I think you get a hundred boxes in Pokemon home and they had like 80 or 90 of them filled. And I was like, holy crap like that's intense that's um, how you know that that's like all that person does it's just pokemon because there is no I, way they would have time to do that plus like an actual job well i mean they can I try and collect that so much though like that level of dedication that was intense i'll what tell you if, if, the, if he can collect or they can collect all 8.5 billion variations of the pokemon spinda and the different polka dots on its body I'll be impressed. No, um, I would also be impressed. But like, uh, dang. Um, I hate that though. I hate Spinda. Yes, like, why give Why give that to that Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> like okay. No, uh, no, 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 Spinda hate. But like, Spinda is not like a top tier in in like design or. Oh, um, well, I guess like that gives it unique design. Um. But I feel like this also begs the question, like in like the modern age and like even with like with the pandemic, like what kind of digital collecting is there? Like, well, I feel like a lot of people associate collections with, you know, physical, you know, you know, Squishmallows, you get all your Squishmallows, you set them up in like a nice thing. You take pictures and you have them all like that or like you have all your Pokemon cart. Exactly. You have all your Pokemon in a binder or in my case, I organize um, by release order of all the Catan stuff that's in my in my closet and stuff like that and it's very like presented in a physical space so i can show it off to people but like in in a, in a digital space you know there's value to that too um can you think I of any like other like digital collection, collections i feel like the collection in um the pandemic has been what streaming service do you have yeah <laughs> like, gotta catch that. them all <laughs> gotta get them all but also like i also think like it's still cheaper to have all these streaming services than to have cable so mm -hmm. yep um, that, that was a thing at one point. Like that was an article about like millennials are killing cable service. No, it's good. just ridiculously expensive. It's yeah. too expensive, and you don't like, like you don't get to control it. You have to watch commercials. I mean, you have to watch some commercials for other for some streaming services. Like if you have Paramount Plus or whatever, or Hulu. Like, if it's a live, also... yeah. But if it's but it's still only like three commercials versus the never ending amount of commercials that repeat themselves yeah yeah a whole well, like tv channel that's just commercial <laughs> a, a big i think digital collection that i i think a lot of uh gamers would understand is achievements um yes like Good point not just for the sake of getting your gamer score up but like i like i went through um and play besides halo 5 i actually never played halo 5 but like i wanted to make oh, it damn. like certain that i could play I played through all the Halos on Legendary uh, by myself. Um, I guess, and besides Halo Wars, I didn't. Like, I do own those, but I haven't beaten them. Um, but like, yeah, and that's like a thing where like I was like really proud of my my achievements of like a the achievement. I think you got one in Halo Four for like every single level, but also like just beating the game on Legendary by yourself. Um, and I think that was super cool. But yeah, gamers will like 
go through so much to like get those achievements, especially the really rare ones. They'll try and find them. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, uh, getting a hundred percent on like Assassin's Creed, like that's always, those are hard games to get a hundred percent on those. And the, then like the early ones are hard. The later ones, it gets a little easier just because they actually give you like, you have to collect items throughout, but they give you a map of where they are or yeah. ways to like find out their location. Which, the first game, it's goodness. like the first game. I know the first one, it's like, Oh, good luck. There's a hundred of these out things. There. Yeah. And, and that, basically, yeah. That's the same thing with like, uh, like the Lego games, which I always think getting hundred percent, there's so much, you got to find all the hidden Stan Lee's and super Lego superheroes. <laughs> and when Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga comes out, I'm a hundred percenting that. And I don't oh, care yes. how long it takes. Um, but yeah, so I definitely, I guess just with video game collections and now I don't mean like collecting video games, but collecting things inside video games. Mm-hmm. I think another big thing that's like an interacting thing is cars. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just saying like model cars where you have to build it. Like my grandpa had them. We now have all of his model cars and airplanes in our garage. Um, trains? Because I know possibly. a lot of people put trains. That's possibly in the garage. I honestly don't know what's in our garage at this point anymore. Um, it's just garage. <laughs> um, but the like because you've got shows like counting cars that you know he um in las vegas they sit there and restore old cars so that people can collect them or some of them are even like um uh for sentimental value like yeah my dad had this car when he was younger and like built it with his his father and his father passed away recently so we you know found it and wanted to restore it and so counting cars will do that um that counts customs but you've got that and then you've also got things like um oh my gosh it's um oh my it's on the history channel um it's mike and oh oh they go around to different places and like they'll go through like um and like go through people's like houses that are filled or like old places and they find like old antique stuff um oh it's gonna bother me now um but like i think just a big thing in general is just like what people find is cool so like people find old cars to be really cool like i personally find um and yes i'm about to reference a show without telling you which show but a 1967 four-door chevy impala um Yo, that's like one of my dream cars or getting a 60s Ford Mustang. Um, at one point, I will say I wanted a Ford Mustang. The color of Zach Efron's eyes. Oh, if we can get a blue uh, that so, color. Um, dark purple. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, no, bright orange. My bad. <laughs> um, but those so are like, very similar like, colors. <laughs> um, but like they're really cool. And so um yeah a lot of it just like depends on like memories too like what do these collections invoke in memories um Mm -hmm. because like with my webkins collection that i had at one point like i have the memory of going around with you know my mom and sisters and everything and like buying webkins and trying to make sure that i didn't get a duplicate webkins um i have like over 50 
rooms in my house on webkins um <laughs> but apparently now people don't need to buy a code to play webkins now and i'm kind of upsetty spaghetti about that one um but you know like things like harry potter like that's to me you know i love harry potter and you know wearing my harry potter hufflepuff house shirt um and just like you know that was something me and my sisters bonded over mm -hmm. and like that's still part of my life to this day and um, i get that too yeah. like in in my house um i was the only one that really played video games so like me having you know, I was like, well, no one else is going to like get these and play these with me. So like, I got to have my complete set. Like for me, while it's not, it's not like a pack bond with like other people. It's like a, all right, this is my thing that like, this is like, not saying it's like, this is my identity in this house, but like this differentiates me from other people. So I'd like to, you know, fully go through this and then also puts me in a community with other people outside of my house that I don't feel like I have at home. Exactly. Also, a um, show that I was trying to think of American Pickers. Oh Got yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the show I was trying to think of. Um, yeah. So if y'all like history, cause they do give history facts too, when they find stuff. Um, cause like we also talk about like monetary value of stuff, you know, they do talk about all of that in their show when they go around and look at stuff, but yeah, I would also recommend antiques road show, which my mom would watch every Wednesday um but no yeah I, I think nostalgia is a big part of collections um like i have friends uh uh my friend kevin his parents they collect like every ticket stub to like uh to rock shows they go to because they're really big in the rock they're gonna say movies because like sitting right here on my desk if i can find it without, yeah my ticket stub to avengers endgame is like sitting right oh, here glorious i mean yeah so they have like a wall and it's like a cork board and there's like they have little things. And I think that's pretty cool where, you know, it's like, that's a collection where it would not be that important to other people, but to them, it's very important. Um, to other people, they'd be like, that's, those are tickets. Um, and like, yeah, sometimes you can get cool stuff like signed shirts and stuff from the performers. But yeah, um, I have a friend that collects uh, Beyblades. Let um, it rip, or no, let yeah. them rip. Let them let rip. rip. Let them um, rip. Yeah, let it rip means something different. He, he he collects them and he he would do tournaments but he didn't just collect like to keep like he would collect and then he would buy a bunch online and then if there was like once he already had he would like resell those mm -hmm. and like i've seen him make like a lot of hundreds of dollars of profit on like beyblades because like there are ones they don't make anymore there are ones that are like fully metal there's cheaper ones that are plastic and like he knows everything and um he's my girlfriend's friend actually and for I forgot, I think it was when we moved in or for Christmas, he got us like each a Beyblade that he had. And he got me Phantom Orion, which I knew nothing about Beyblades, but apparently it is like a long lasting Beyblade. Like its whole thing is that like you can spin it and it spins for a really long time. Um, and so we did actually like fight our Beyblades together and uh, mine did win, um, Endurance. And then same thing, um, my girlfriend's uncle collects uh, Mr. Potato Heads which now being rebranded as just potato heads, which makes more sense, mm -hmm. um, possibly could make his collection more wealthy. Like mm -hmm. older, you know, like I remember seeing, like we went to his office once, we got his futon, um, but like he's got like shelves up here and like not just boxes of Mr. Potato Heads, but also like 
coffee mugs and plates and like everything. And he was like, yeah, I just started collecting one day. I was like, wow, there it is. That's cool. You just start noticing you have stuff for me. Like I noticed there's not really a collection, but I just like, I like turtles. So everyone started giving me like turtle things like Henry. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a tattoo of a turtle on my chest because I used to have a pet turtle. Those of you watching on YouTube, uh, you can see it. Um, but now, like, on my desk, like, when I, like, see turtle things, I just, like, start. Now this, I got this when I was in Morocco. Um, like, so, like, that's definitely a thing. It's just you start collecting little things. It's like, oh, I like turtles. So, like, at let's REI, get more turtle things. There is a nice turtle sticker at REI. I have a turtle and, in um, my vicinity. Um, and then, you know, it just happened. With turtles, like, I like turtles, but I never thought, like, oh, I'm going to collect turtles. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, I have seven turtles. Like, and I, I will, you know, once people know that that's what you like, you'll get more turtle-related things. And you'll start, like, you're like, oh, that'll be a good friend for my other 20 turtles. And then it's, like, stuff like that. And that's, like, kind of how I feel like some of the best collections get, get formed. Fuzzy so, socks. Um, fuzzy Can socks. I count fuzzy socks as a collection? Yeah. Yeah, if it's something that, like, you go to the store and you see something, like, like, oh, wait, that fits with my other things. Like, it fits my aesthetic. It fits my identity. It fits my person. It, like, kind of expands beyond that. Yeah. I feel like it definitely counts as a collection. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, kind of, like, last question of, like, yeah. of, of this topic is, um, so I feel like it's pretty easy to identify, you know, with things, us being able to go to stores less with, like, pandemic stuff it's been harder to collect things like in person with like online shopping has become the primary mode and it's hard to really like get things especially like rare things um with online shopping because like at a store it's like all right everyone in this vicinity is probably going to see this and if they have it in in stock you know there's i i'm competing with less people to get it mm-hmm. but then online it's like i'm competing with all eight billion people on the planet technically because everyone that has access to the internet could get this um so it's like it's a little different it's a little tougher um, and so like digital collecting might be like considered easier, but do you think there's any advantages that either like post pandemic, um, or during pandemic that, uh, it has created in terms of collecting, or is this just a bad thing for collectors? I have a thing, but it's very dark. Um, oh. how dark do we want to get? <laughs> not, no, I know where you're going. No, we're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, I do think that the pandemic did have a lot of downsides of everything. Um, like, though, I mean, the possibility of less people going out, though, also might increase the chance of, like, if you're the only one going to a store, mm-hmm. you might also find what you need because there's not a bunch of people there. Um, also, I think it did increase the surplus of things on the internet of people selling stuff online. Like, there was like the whole like, um, for for instance, um, Cyber Monday, like was already big, but it I think was definitely bigger this year. Uh, Meyer had like like Meyer and many other stores. Uh, for those listening out of state, Meyer is a Michigan area store. Midwest. There's some in like Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana yeah, as well. But that's true. Um, but. They, they had like a, a, a Black Friday, like week long thing mm-hmm. um, so that it wasn't everyone coming in one day. It was you could come any like of the days of the week and you'd get those same deals. And I don't know. I think that's kind of like a, a thing for collectors being able to get the opportunity to get things uh, more because of what, what's going on. And also like pickup and delivery services, delivery mm-hmm. services have been more streamlined. So like if you see something online, it's like, 
oh, but I can't go in right now because I have work. And it's like, okay, reserve it. Like, I want it. I know you have it. So that, I guess that that's also, and I'm sure that will continue post-pandemic. Like, now that we mm. know, like, I feel like this happens a lot with, like, the digital formats. But now we know pickup is a thing they can do. Now we know, you know, digital meetings are things people can do. We can always, like, say, like, hey, we know you can do it. We know we don't like it, but, like, it's possible. So that could be, like, a positive effect of it. I think another thing, um, just because, like, people are either saving money during the pandemic because they're not out buying a whole bunch of things, or um, sadness of losing jobs and everything, too, because of the pandemic, um, but also meaning that, yeah, some collections might still be expensive just because of the rarity of them, but I think a lot of things that are, like, more common to find um would probably be reduced in price especially if someone's just trying to get rid of it so like more people could potentially buy it with um mm -hmm. with like the reduced price and everything and trying to like save their money and you know be mm -hmm. like oh that i know someone who really wants i'm gonna go back with stitch you know like a stitch figurine because you know um my sister got me a jim shore figurine that was stitched like from Bronner's and Jim Shore is very expensive usually and especially like Bronner's you're like oh, this is expensive um but you know that is technically a collector's item and so like I might be able to go online and like search it and find it for slightly cheaper because they're trying you know get the stock out um because you know like people couldn't buy it full price or whatever and so they're trying to get rid of stock and like your point from like both like combining both your points, like from yard sales and then Isaac saying like that shift to online, like people that like, they're like, I need to sell this stuff. Like I'm not going to do it. It could be that shift to online. So like it's kind of expanding your horizons for yard sales. Also, I'm noticing like in zoom, if you're seeing this on um, YouTube, I'm just ahead now with my, with my squish mellow. Uh, I think it's really funny. Um, but yeah, like combining the, the that yard sale type thing, mm -hmm. but putting it in like a market that's definitely more like uh, national, global level, you might be able to get. Yeah. Well, and like um, Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook Marketplace is, is yeah. big. Um, like definitely for collectors. Amazon, yeah. Amazon, yeah, if so, you do like small business or like individual selling stuff. And Poshmark and Mercari are also like mm -hmm. definitely outlets that I feel like people are more aware of now. Um, but also too, I feel like, given this time alone with our like with our stuff and with our people uh, our like idea of like what we collect and like what what things we value and like what ideas behind the things that we value are important to us have kind of coalesced a bit so we like i feel like even though we might not be able to like buy because of like financial means or might not be able to access because of like um, economic constraints um the things we want to collect i feel like we have a deeper appreciation for what we do want to collect um, because it's more of the idea behind it, less behind the stuff, because we've had to spend this time with it that we otherwise wouldn't, if that makes sense. Get, yeah. all, not to get all philosophical on everyone, but like... I think it, like, I think what you're trying to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong and everything, um, is it it goes back to the whole thing of what we were talking about, of like, memor memory. Memory. It's, it's like you're appreciating like, it more now because yeah. you had to spend more time with it. Yeah, and like... Um, and like if someone was to get it for you, it's, you know, them saying, hey, I remember this. It's essentially like we're learning love languages in a way. Yeah, you, this is, you see this as an important part of your identity to the point that you want to 
bring more of it into your life here. I'd like to add to yeah. that. Yeah. So. All righty. Well, I feel like that is it for our for our time this evening. But before we go, as always here on Raving Geeks, we'd like to end with some recommendations for our viewers, whether that be movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. Um, so would either of you have anything you'd like to recommend? Um, on the day that we are recording this, this show is not out yet. But tomorrow is Friday, and it's going to be out. And no, I have not seen it yet. But I am recommending Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um which takes place apparently at the same time as WandaVision, like six months after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, WandaVision is like two weeks, so I'm assuming oh, this weeks? takes place. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it starts um, two weeks this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my other one is Scrubs. It is free on Hulu and Amazon Prime. My roommate and I watch it, it together. Yeah, free if you have the subscription for it. Um but my roommate and I watch it together and we'll literally have it on just during dinner. Like the other day, I think we went through one entire episode without actually fully watching it because we were making dinner, <laughs> but it was on. And so it's one of those that like, you don't need to fully be paying attention, but like, love those. yeah, it's good background noise too. So. Um, well, actually Scrubs is fantastic. I've only yes. actually seen the first few seasons, but it, it does do a thing where like, you're like, Oh, it's like, a, it's comedy, but then it's also like, it deals it's with really life. serious topics. Yeah. And I, I have uh, talked to, there have been like nurses in real life that I've talked to that have said that it is actually like the most realistic mm-hmm. hospital show, like way more than like Grey's Anatomy or these other like the ER Over shows. dramatizations. Yeah, yeah. We're like scrubs, like we'll deal with things where like, it's like, it's like jokingly a guy's like awake all episode. Cause like he, every time he tries to go to sleep, like he gets like a buzz and has to go back to work. Yeah. And it's like they cover like these real stuff like that where like he's like, I just want to sleep. Um, anyways, like my recommendation. Like Elliot, yes. uh, she tries to have a relationship with someone who's not a doctor and she's going through her residency. And it's like there's too much time being spent at the hospital. So yeah. Definitely good for that. Um, so my recommendation is, well, now, uh, in case you didn't know, now they're uh, uh, Xbox or Microsoft like officially like bought um Zenimax Studios which is features like what like Bethesda and stuff um which means first of all there's going to be a lot of uh, exclusives now on Xbox uh sorry PlayStation users that's um, fine PlayStation keeps enough for me anyway I deserve something yeah, there it is I can't I can't play Last of Us or Spider-Man which are like awesome titles so I'm, I'm like fine I take something good from you yeah, yeah exactly that's uh fight fire with fire um, <laughs> but, um, because of that now, um, like, uh, game pass has a lot more, uh, Bethesda games available. Um, and one that I've played that I love is an older game, uh, Elder Scrolls three Morrowind. It is an old game. It came out in like 2000, I think one, um, and it's old. But I highly recommend it. Like, it's the game that got me into Elder Scrolls. It is so chock full of lore. Um, there aren't voice actors. Like, there are in, like, like, Skyrim and stuff. It's like, if you walk by someone, they'll be like, good morning, and, like, walk by you. But because of them, when you talk to them, it opens a dialogue box. And so because of that, like, they can put thousands and thousands of words into a dialogue box without paying someone to say it. And so, like, you'll talk to someone and, like, you'll be just be talking to him for, like, 10 minutes because he's got so much to say. Um, no, it's huge lore-driven game. Uh, fantastic otherworldly 
terrain world quest it's great um once you get past the graphics which have kind of aged um i recommend it uh don't try using a bow though because uh bows are kind of sucky in that game use a spear all right um all right i have a couple recommendations uh the first one is called um the legend of genji it's actually a um on it hasn't like been released yet um and but it is just like an online fan-made follow-up to avatar the last airbender and the legend of korra about the following yeah okay the new earthbending avatar genji i just found out about it this week and i've been looking into it but if you're an avatar fan um or even if you're an artist and you're an avatar fan and want to be a part of this project that you like you can apply to you know, help them with art and story that they're working on. Um, I thought this was relevant too because of the foundation of uh, Avatar Studios. So this might be like, we don't know if this project will continue. So like, I feel like going to support this might help because it's a really cool concept about the new earthbending Avatar. I don't want to give too much away because like the lore of it is really, really cool, but highly recommend. Um, I also recommend the show uh, Young Justice. If any, it was on Cartoon Network for its first two seasons, and then it got canceled, but then it got renewed for season three on uh, DC Universe, but now DC Universe is not a thing. So season four, which hopefully is coming out this year, we have not gotten a solid release date just based on trends. It might be coming out in August, but, um, you know, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, now that'll be on HBO Max, another reason to get HBO Max for us. Um, so that'll be really fun. And then the last thing, I think I've mentioned this TikToker and, and YouTuber and Twitch streamer before, Purple Cliff. Um, but he's a, a does a Pokemon Nuzlocks on like TikTok and uh, YouTube. But also, he introduced me to someone else. If I haven't mentioned him, go like subscribe, follow him. He's really cool if you like watching Pokemon Nuzlocks. Um, he's not like really like... He's not like a bad Pokemon player, but also like, you know how a lot of people take themselves really seriously. They're like, I'm gonna do these challenges. He's just like, I'm gonna play through the game. And mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna, you know, level myself up before I take on this gym. And like, everything just goes wrong. And it's really fun to watch. Um, Cause like, he does not take it too seriously at all. And it's really like fun. Um, but he, I, he reacted to a video by Jaden Animations on YouTube, who- um, Which I've watched Jaden Animations. Um, has two, animated her two pokemon nuzlocks that she did and they are so fun to watch mm-hmm. so like if, if you use up like 20 minutes and you want to watch something it's like really cute and she like you know animates her journey through the game that she like actually streamed on twitch um and i thought that was really cool so i i'd, I'd like to recommend those if, if you're a pokemon person those are definitely things to look at also she does other animation stuff too that's really fun to watch yeah. but like and i've she- watched the she's got a, she's a really cool art style it's 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 really fun, fun. it's cute yeah um alrighty, well that's all we have for you today uh, thank you for joining us here at raving geeks uh make sure to leave a comment wherever you're listening from uh we'd love to hear from you uh what you thought about today's episode and what you might want us to talk about in the future um also feel free to reach out to us on facebook or twitter at raving geeks as well as on our tiktok um channel uh feel free to if we start posting stuff duet it stitch it whatever you want to uh we want to we want to hear from you we want to know you know what you think of us as geeks. We want to talk to our fellow geeks. It's always fun. One of us. Well, you are one of us now. <laughs> All righty. Well, as always, I've been Brennan Valentine along with... Hope Gooderall. And I'm Isaac Hunter. Uh, that's a Bantha Hunter. Yes, there's a Tuscan Raider I'm holding up on a Bantha. Yes. 
So um, Bamtha Hunter, our new our new co-host. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, stay geeky and have a great week, everyone. So long.